Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode where tonight we're going to be discussing my film pick of the week from 2019, but technically released in 2020, VFW, directed by Joe Bagos. There's going to be a lot of people in this movie we're going to talk about, and I'm very hyped up to talk about it. Get that reference later. But as always, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. What is going on tonight? You know, I just took myself a nice big bag of hype, and I'm ready to go. Whoa, let's do this shit. Come on, lady. High as a motherfucker on that hype. Get it, Bob. I am hyped up. Oh, feel the stink. Oh. Hey, what is going on, everybody? (laughs) And, of course, joined by the monkey, the prince. Yes. Sniff it up, monkey. Get that hype, baby. Oh, yes, keep me the funky, keep me the fresh. I'm the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we keep it funky, we keep it fresh, and we may hear the best goddamn hard pack there is in all of the land, so make sure you listen on Blog Talk, make sure you listen on iTunes, make sure you listen on Spotify, just make sure you fucking listen. Yep, he's hyped, and yeah, he took it, so he's good to go. <laughs> Fucking Woo! <laughs> 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 the the educated, the very astute demonic dean. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Always glad to have you. Um, so before we speak up, we couldn't hear you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I <laughs> think we lost the Dean. <laughs> um, Maybe he got lost why we could see a garden. <laughs> Three minutes in. Hello? That's a record. Yes. Okay, there he is. Uh, Dean, are you there? Yeah. I am here. Can you hear me? Are you there, Dean? Did we lose the Dean? Does anybody hear him? <laughs> I hear him. Or, or are we playing yeah. a... a <laughs> oh, great. I know, not what, I know not what you're talking of. Anyway, continue <laughs> with our evening's broadcast. Uh, 100% well, professional, 100% of the time. This is just talking terror at its finest. Yeah, talking terror at its finest. 100% professional, 100% of the time. <laughs> Spotify, not number one show. Uh (laughs) Number one new show. Loved loved by loved by coffee donkeys everywhere. That is true. One one band. (laughs) But uh, before we get into horror news and what's going on in the horror world, 
uh, just wanted to say a big thank you to, well, I shouldn't say big thank you because it's kind of a fucked up thing to do, but Medkey, a fellow friend and fan of the show, decided to add to my Chia Pet Garden and send me a little gift. Uh, it's up on the Talking Therapy page on Facebook. It's also up on our Instagram. Gee, thank you, TA. Just when I thought we were being cool and being friends, you had to send me another fucking responsibility. So thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> love is in the air. You know, King I, I can't wait love to see. Chia. Yeah, I cannot wait to see pictures of all of your chias in a row. Uh, it's very exciting. I can't wait to see this. He's got to get one of them to. He's got to get just one of them to work once. <laughs> yeah, has, have you gotten any sprouts out of Miyagi at all? No, no, not even one. Wow. It's like my well, dad got to work and put them together and then rest it on it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you got, you got to go for that greenhouse effect, man. You got to carry it around in your shirt all the time. So you got to yeah. sit there and just carry it around like a baby. Yep. Get a little, <laughs> little, little what, what is it called? The little strap that you wear it on your chest, a pupusa or something? What do they call that thing? You should wear it like that, like a little baby basket on your chest and carry it around. You're oh, telling no, the king really to wear, you, so you're telling the king to wear a strap on? <laughs> yes. Strap it on. You already know this. Monkey knows. Yeah, I know this. <laughs> we we are coming at you all hard and fast today. I mean, look at it. Look yes, at us go. We are coming hard. already. We're, we're we're not even yeah. ten minutes in, and the strap on comments are already yeah. going. You know, we're coming yeah. all over it, the place. It, 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 it usually happens on. It usually happens on weeks when we have to cover a French film that the king pulls out his strap yeah. on. He's like, hey, I'm, "Come like on over, monkey." Tonight's film was French. It's like a pet oh, no. video. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, my further Chia pet adventures. But uh, also wanted to thank the dean because he gave me some book recommendations over the weekend that I did purchase, one being about Israel Keys, yeah. a piece of shit from the 2000s, a big fan of new metal and kill kits called American Predator, and also Blood in the Water about the Annika 1971 uprising. Uh, that book, I did not expect it to be as big as it was, but I'm looking forward to getting into it. So thank you, Dave, uh, for your recommendations. Yes, yes. And I know that the, uh, the ghoul has acquired uh, that book as well. I do... Uh, as I said in our in our in our private discussions, uh, it's one of the best books I've ever read. Uh, that whole situation has been something that I've you know kind of always been interested. I think it was a million years ago. I think maybe it was HBO that did like a made for TV movie. I think Kyle MacLachlan was in it. Um, and when I saw that, I was like, man, I want to learn more about this. And then any any, any reading material was like really really like kind of old from from that time and. I never sought it out. And then uh, when that book, that book that I recommended to you uh, guys had come out several, a few years ago, I think 2016, uh, I had seen a review for it in the paper and I was like, Oh shit. And same thing. Like I, I, I got it from my library and uh, one, when I got it, couldn't believe how big it was. And uh, while it's this huge, it's this huge edition. Uh, it is, it's one, it's considered to be the definitive account uh, of, of that event, but it also, it doesn't read like a, like, it doesn't read like, like nonfiction. It reads like a narrative, you know, like it's, it's very gripping to read it. So, um, mm-hmm. so many different stories, so many different things. I, I really think you guys are going to be blown away. 
And I really look forward to, to hearing your thoughts when you get into that thing. So maybe I'll even, uh, well, maybe I can even uh, try. I would read it again. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get it and read it again. So we'll have something to talk about, but yeah, it's a really, really great book from a, from a really, really dark chapter in, in of one of many in our country's uh, prison history. So there you have it. Blood in the Indeed, water. And, again, and again, that's blood in the water by Heather Ann Thompson. Um, yes, the Attica Prison Uprising of 1971 and its legacy. I, uh, yeah, I've been on a kick lately buying books, you know, unfortunately, because I, uh, I've had a lot of time on my hands. And I, I just, I don't know, for some reason, I, I got the, the urge to, to dive into the, the new Star Wars series that came out. And that just sent me on this spiraling, insane spree of hunting down all these in-canon Star Wars books on eBay and stuff like that. And let's just say I have about 11 separate things coming in from various places across the United States. And, uh, and that's not even just from the other end of things like the Amazon stuff that I also have coming. You know, my problem is I'm going all hardcover with everything that I'm getting. I don't know. I just, I like the presentation of it better. We've organized our bookshelves. We've got all this stuff set up and it just looks I do. I love it hard, you know, and it just looks better when it's hard. <laughs> it feels better in my hand when it's hard. And, you know, when you rub sure. it even, it just, it just strokes, you know, it's, it's great. I love a nice hard thing in my hand. Unlike my mouth, you know, like soft and wet. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> and what led me on asking Dean for recommendations, because I started a book called Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the secret history of the 60s by Tom O'Neill that blew my fucking mind. Like, I found it in a bookstore. I was like, oh, this is a new book about Manson. I'll add it to the library. And then I opened it up, and it was like, hey, everything you read in Helter Skelter was bullshit. And Charles Manson possibly worked for the CIA at one point and was LSD dosing people to do his bidding. I was like, what the fuck road am I going on with this fucking thing? And it was just conspiracy after conspiracy theory about Bugliosi and him covering up testimony and how Terry Melcher actually visited Manson after the murders occurred. They were, like, really friends. Like, it's just an insane read. So if you like Manson and conspiracy theories, Chaos is the book to go to. You won't believe some of the things that this guy uncovers. Well, I, mean, I don't know if it's yeah. uncover as much as we'd say create. I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing that Donald Trump would get on. And, you know, at this point, he'd probably be telling us how Manson is still alive and secretly running the government over there in Russia. Well, these are all records that he found from testimony. Like he pulled up all the records, all the testimonies, all the police interviews, and he just started noting, seeing all these contradictory statements. And he started noticing how Bugliosi was leaving out important people that would have blown the case wide open from the get-go and how Manson possibly revisited the scene because they found a pair of eyeglasses at the tape that belonged to nobody. So he found all the evidence in writing. Like, it's not like he's pulling it out of his ass. Like, he's actually looking into these things and going, well, wait a second. Danny DeCarlo from the Straight Satan said that Terry Melcher showed up after the murders on Spawn Ranch. Why was he there, and why didn't Bugliosi bring that up? Like, so he's asking all these questions and asking Bugliosi about it in the book. So, yeah, it's, it, it's wild. It's just it's insane. <laughs> Sounds like a fun read, man. Mm. That'll be one that I'm adding to the, uh, to the collection next. And I'm going to have all our, little, all our little sections, man. We actually have... More bookshelves that are supposed to be coming in. Unfortunately, though, they uh, they were delayed and then refunded, so those ones aren't coming. So now I've got to track down and and find more. We have too many books and not enough shelf space. <laughs> not enough time. Well, I guess all we have is time right now. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty of plenty of time. Yeah. Point, you know, so you guys do always <laughs> I can always find time to read. Yeah, you guys have plenty of time. I'm still very essential at my work, so. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You're working your 20-hour days. It's hell being the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but so, for, yeah, that's for uh, Ghoul, I wanted to ask yeah, since we're talking about. Somebody's got to make the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to make that fucking pudding for him to throw around. Um, what I wanted to uh, ask Ghoul about. Uh, you recently have acquired some some books that you were very excited about. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Oh, did I have which uh, which which ones which ones were those? <laughs> <laughs> the, Star, the Star Wars ones you just talked about. What's oh, that? Well, again, man, well, like, no, like wasn't there something else besides from the Star Wars ones? You sent a list of like ten things. Those were like all Star Wars books. Uh, well, most of them were Star Wars books, and then there was. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's some some ones that are a little bit harder to obtain. I got my hands on a hardcover edition of The Gunslinger, which is the first of the Dark Tower books. Uh, yeah, again, Blood in the Water. I got my hands on hardcover, so this is yeah. Because yeah, I had yeah. seen that list that you said that list of the Amazon receipts, and I know that some of them were Star Wars, but I was just curious about the others. I think the majority of them that I had sent you were all Star Wars at that point. So yeah, like I said, it got uh, it got a little absurd, you know, as I found them for various pricing and and just yeah, I, I, today, you know, I wasn't even expecting it to come in, but I literally, you know, in my ownership now is you know a first printing of Empire Strikes Back, you know, hardcover dust jacket. It's in you know in great condition. You know, is it perfect condition? No, it's like you know fraying and wear. It looks like a book that was well loved. But it amazes me because as I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm like, holy shit, I actually had that exact same paperback version of this as a kid. So, like, now that it's the same mm. book, you know, it's just I have a hard version of it to go with my collection, which is growing mm. like my wiener. <laughs> I, I still have the original Star Wars storybooks from when we were kids. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm avoiding all the junior stuff. I mean, there's a lot, like, you know, they're they're trying to MCU the shit. So there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, meant for, like, junior level stuff. And they've got the young adult, and then they've got the adult novels on top of, you know, the movies and TV series and all of that stuff. But, you know, I'm trying to just simply stick with the adult novels, and I might throw in a young adult here and there, depending on how it connects to other stories. Mm. Oh, but, hey, the new Star Wars series that you were talking about for the adult readers, uh, do you remember the title of that one? That's starting yeah, off light, the new series. Light of the Jedi, which is part of the uh, the High Republic, which is fantastic. I am almost done with the book already, so I, uh, I've been just reading that nonstop and uh, have plowed through it completely. Cool. Thank you, Cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very high recommendation. They're doing a good job. It's taken place 20 years prior to, to Episode 1, let's say, uh, 200 years prior to Episode 1 exploring an area that's never really been delved into. It's in canon, so it could end up, you know, having some kind of wide-ranging effect on other things. But uh, the, the characters mm. are, are fun, and the writer is uh, hes kind of uh, George R. R. Martining some of it, you know, just as you think you're going to get to know a character, you know, boom, character's just wiped from existence, and uh, nope, he tricked you. It's uh, it's, it's a fun way to read, that's for sure. It's pissing me off at times, though, which is good. It means it's it's, it's eliciting emotion out of me. Okay, so it's a more emotional writer than the Timothy Zahn 
books that came out in the 90s. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I loved Timothy Zahn's Thrawn series. I actually ended up scoring those three books in their first printing in hardcover from the English Town auction for $15, all three of them in like perfect condition too. Like the guy just didn't know what he had. Like I expected him to say a hell of a lot. Uh, they were hard <laughs> and it made me hard. It made me hard. It made me turgid. You were hard. Okay? Like, I was, I was fucking turgid. hard. Like I was, turgid. Yeah, I was turgid. Okay. You know, I've been reading when I use words like that, you know, oh. <laughs> 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 so fucking, uh, I am at the auction. I saw all three of the books all together and I'm just like, just on a whim. I figured I'd throw it out there. I figured he was going to be like 40, 50 bucks, somewhere along the lines of that. And he was like $15 little man. And I was just like, I'm going to slap that shit in your hand, motherfucker. And I'm not, I'm not going to say shit. I'm just going to give it to him. I'm going to take my five and I'm going to fucking run. No, he didn't call me little man. I'm bigger than most of the people that have hair and teeth there. Man, when was that that you got those the auction? How long ago? Uh, had to have been within the last year. So, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was wondering if it was that Greek man. I miss that place so much. Um, obviously, I've been there in, in many, many years, but man, do I miss that place. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not you the same as it was when we were younger. Oh, I know it's not the same. I know it's not the same. We would still, Nicole and I would still go there sometimes and, like, walk around and, like, get a sausage sandwich and just walk around, you know? Like, I just, just miss that. Yeah, hitting, even. hitting Famous Dave's Lemonade Stand, like, that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, the, those are, like, the, the main reasons to hit there. That guy's lemonade is still the tits, man. You get some lemonade and some fresh-cut fries. It is like the bomb. Is that the place King you were telling me about? (laughs) Yeah, that's the same place that we all congregated at different times. I mean, I didn't know them back then, but we were all we're all in the same place. But it's great to hear that the the ghoul's reading these books, and he's like, "That's a fun ride." I'm having a great time listening to Star Wars stuff. I'm running around going, "MK Ultra, Chaos Program, Cointel Pro, the CAA's watching us, man. Why the fuck does anybody pay attention to this shit?" Everything, calm down, man. I yeah, we, we all have to be careful with what we say these days, because as, as all of the Trump supporters are, are letting us know, people are being censored left and right. So just watch what you're saying. We're on other people's yeah. platforms and they, they will ban us amazingly. Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stick that. with the modern <laughs> times and I'm going to and I'm going to censor you right now. Let's let's not let's not roll down the political road this evening on Talking Terror. You're censored. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> That's that's why freedom was speech, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm taking it away. <laughs> you can't. That's fine. It's been removed. But last thing, just last thing on that, real quick. Sorry, with the Timothy Zahn thing, they actually the whole Thrawn character and everything. Timothy Zahn has come back, and Thrawn is now in canon with an entire new series of books. So, like, dedicated oh. to that character who was so fucking awesome in that 90s uh, storyline. That storyline's been eradicated because it's got stuff in it that they decided not to go forward with. But they did bring yeah. Thrawn back, put him in canon. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to fucking reading those, man. They look really good. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, cool. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. Dean, switching gears and getting into some horror news. What have you got, man? Uh, so, Thanks. uh Quite some time ago, Baby. we talked about, Talk about on the show Andy. that Amazon was going to be producing a series 
uh, in the world of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And they have released some more details about this pursuit that I'm going to tell you about now. Uh, Amazon says that they're going to do at least five seasons of this Lord of the Rings series, and they're saying that each season will feature eight to ten different episodes. Uh, They say right now, season one and two are currently filming in New Zealand, and that J.A. Bayona is directing the two-part pilot. Uh, They also revealed that the stories they're going to tell in their Lord of the Rings series take place thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. 2000? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking so, about the age when everyone lived together happily, possibly. Okay. So if you're fans, uh, this might be uh, news that is of interest to you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, I mean, you know me. I'm a huge fan of the freaking Lord of the Rings series. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I am excited to, to see where they're going to go with it. I love the movies. I love the stories. Um uh, you know, again, crazy as it sounds, like that's actually one of the book series that I um, have been trying to also track down, you know, a full-on hardcover. You know, there's a couple of different variations, of course, that they've released over the couple of years. But, you know, like I don't want the hardcover editions that have like the movie pictures on them and shit like that. I'd like to get my hands on one of the other editions of it. Um but yeah, I, uh, I've been looking forward to this series for a while and see what stories. From what it, it sounds like it's going to take place... I, I forget the timeline, but if it's 2,000 years prior to The Hobbit and stuff like that... No, 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 that, it, didn't, it was, during... excuse me, it was, it was not 2,000 years, it was said thousands of years. I think I saw an article today that said 2,000 years in particular. What I read just said thousands, so maybe you're right, you said maybe I'm right, it doesn't really matter. I, spent, <laughs> I said thousands. Words matter, okay? <laughs> haven't, we, haven't we learned that lately? Words matter. Uh, like I said, I saw an article today. I, I, I Don't can almost me. swear that it's in, it's in 2,000 years. So <laughs> I forget exactly how much time went on between Sauron losing the ring and it turning up again for The Hobbit. You know, obviously there was a 500-year period between, you know, Gollum finding it and then The Hobbit. So I don't know. So if that's the 2,000-year period, then it's, it might be taking place just before the big battles that occurred at the beginning of the first Lord of the Rings movie, Fellowship. I don't know. I think it's going to be dealing with like some of that age of like the historic men. Um, what's his name's uh, Brethren? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. His, his kin, fucking uh, Aragorn's kin, like the the, the, the kings of old. But, yeah, you know, like Bo Cephas. Yeah, whatever you just said, man. You just say fucking weird elvish <laughs> names and stuff like that. Listen, I never dove that yeah. far. You know why? Because that shit makes me <laughs> sleepy, man. Like, I've tried reading that Similarian shit and some of that other stuff that's been put out, man. And uh, it's, it's it's a hard thing to read, man. Some of it's like weird poetry and stuff like that, which is like I can barely read regular, you know, real-life historical poetry, let alone sit there, sit down and start reading some shit from some fucking Elvish group that don't even exist that they made up an entire language for. That's like learning Klingon. I just kicked out a random redneck name, Bo Stephen. Well, see, there you go, man. It's Bo Bo fucking Cletus, man. Like Bo Katan. No, I think think one of the fucking stories, one of the stories is like Barathan or something like that. I think that's one of the ones that they're they're taking from it. So the tales of Barathan or Barathian. 
Hmm. I don't know. Weird stuff. We'll we'll find out. <laughs> we don't make okay. them. We just watch them. That's right, team. <laughs> what else? What else you got, man? We don't make them. We just watch them. The good. So indeed. Uh, Poetry. We <laughs> talked about also recently on this show how the unfinished, long lost film from 1983, uh, Grizzly Two, uh, had been unearthed and completed. And I'm here to tell you it is now available for your viewing pleasure. Now, I hate to break all of your hearts, uh, but I'm going to be providing some spoilers. No spoilers. Why? We might might cover it. Well, I'm about to tell us what I read. I'm going to be skipping that show, man. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Grizzly 2 is clocking in at less than 70 minutes. Uh, so it's, wow. it's really, really short. Um, and uh, again, uh, this film was in production in 1983 and unfinished. Uh, they filmed uh, new footage to insert uh, into this film to complete it. Uh, features such name performers as Charlie Sheen, George Clooney, Laura Dern, uh, Louise Fletcher, and others. And it takes place... Uh, where a big rock concert is being held in a national park and it's going to be under siege by a grizzly bear. Um, in my reading of uh, this film, of, of, of those who have viewed it, is that uh, it suffers from horribly mismatched visuals, uh, badly dubbed dialogue, and easily <laughs> spotted new footage uh, that was filmed in like high def 4k and then cut and interspersed with like the original footage from 1983, uh, you know, making for a very confusing uh, filming experience. And uh, here comes the big spoilers. So I don't want to break all your hearts and have you all upset that I'm going to spoil it, but I'm spoiling it. Uh, so yeah, if... like, uh, all right, why fine, spoil fine, it, fine, man? fine. Because like, we've talked – the king has talked about this movie. The king is excited about this movie. So I'm saying don't spoil it because I know fine, the king I'm is definitely going to want to check this out. But I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving the king of horror – what is it? It's January 13th. I'm giving the king of horror until – and I'm making a note – until, until essentially one month from now, February 10th. If the king is not seen Grizzly 2 by February 10th, I'm making a note to come back to my spoiler. So uh, the, the gauntlet has been thrown, King of Horror. You cool, you cool with that, Bubba? <laughs> yep, I'm cool with that, Bubba. I'll be watching it before then. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm making a note. No spoilers. Don't worry. The demon's going to hit his head going for, going for his coffee beans one day with his donkey and totally forget. So it's all good. He won't even be on the show for February 13th. You're fine. <laughs> February 10th, I said. Oh, yeah. he won't be on the show for that either. Wednesday, February 10th. One no. about uh, we talked about how <laughs> the Evil Dead video game has been bringing back uh, characters or the actors and actresses that played characters in the S first the Evil Dead series to voice their video game versions of themselves. And another one has been announced. Uh, if you were a fan of the Ash versus the Evil Dead series, you may remember uh, good old Ray Santiago, who played the character of Pablo. Uh, he is returning uh, to voice uh, his character for the <laughs> Evil Dead video game. So yet another performer for you to look forward to. I just always remember that kid <laughs> as Ben Stiller's son 
in uh, the second <laughs> Fokker movie or whatever it is. <laughs> like it's that's yeah, my introduction to that kid as an actor, and uh, yeah, that was it. I was just like, "Holy <laughs> fuck! How they find somebody that looks like him so much?" Yeah, like the Spanish version of Ben Stiller, right there. Mm-hmm. Spanish language news. <laughs> Next on Telemundo. Yeah, man, I tell you, somebody. I think it was my buddy Catano from Italy posted like some video of uh, some Argentinian news and some weather. I think that's what it was. I don't know, man. All I know is the chick was so fucking hot wearing an outfit that was so fucking sexy that the camera couldn't even, like, go. Like, the cameraman just knew what to focus on, which was just her. Like, she was busy pointing at things, and he just had the camera, like, just close up, like, right on her. If I find it, I'll give it to you guys, man. I got a picture of his thing. I'll let you guys see. It was great. It hurt. That's all it was painful. <laughs> hey, it's Mike today. Bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, that's all that. That's all you know Spanish weather is. And it's amazing. Uh, I became a okay. man. Uh, Dean, if I could just jump in super, super quick. I just, oh, since we're talking about uh, Spanish people, real quick. Is that the we only way you do it? Super, super quick? We have this new kid that started, and he's a young Spanish kid at work. And he's one of those Spanish people that came from a really, really bad country where he's just really fucking happy to be in America. He like he's just so happy. He hardly speaks a, so if I could a interject word in real quick, real quick, I'm just gonna be playing like you know 2021 advocate here. Um, by Spanish yeah. kid, do you mean he's from Spain? Because that's who Spanish no, people I mean, are. Or is he Hispanic no, I mean, speaking? South American. Okay. Oh, uh, well, then he's. So- so, okay. So okay. Yeah, but but this this kid's always yeah. All right, but this kid just hardly speaks a, a you know uh, speaks a word of English. Okay, can hardly get him to talk or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. So I catch him walking around uh, one day, like just the other day in a Cobra Kai T-shirt, and uh, I was like, "Oh, dude, nice shirt," you know. And he's like, "Oh, Cobra Kai." And I was like, yeah, man. Miguel Diaz, baby. Straight hard. And I was like, holy shit, kid. <laughs> and I just, and, you know, I was like, you, you, you like the show? And, you know, he was like, yeah, very much like the show. So, again, just it's cool to see that Cobra Kai is just reaching people, you know, and getting it out there. And that, that's all I wanted to say real quick is just, <laughs> it was just cool to see a kid that hardly spoke English new fucking strike first strike hard. <laughs> Sweet. All right, uh, as you were. Fantastic <laughs> show, as we've, we've spoken about. I actually, that is something that came in for me this week, was a bunch of swag from uh, from Cobra Kai. I got a new T-shirt. Yeah, man, and... I saw you. You look like a total fucking fanboy this weekend, bro. Uh, t- listen, man, you know what? These were all things that I had ordered that were supposed to, like, come in at other times and just didn't. And you know what? I was getting stuff from Hot Topic, and it was one of those where you had to, like, if you bought two, you got one free. So I was getting things to other people, and, you know, I had four things total, which meant I got two free things. So I got two free things that I wanted, which was a Cobra Kai shirt and a fucking, <laughs> I got a blanket coming in, too. 
<laughs> it's going to be his cape. <laughs> He's going to have a Cobra Kai cape. I already have one blanket that was given to me as like a birthday slash Christmas present. So, yes, my other blanket has got the uh, the silver embossed looking logo on it. And, yes, you know what? It will be my fucking cape. Have it that. <laughs> All right, Brian, <laughs> Fight like an <laughs> That's right, King. You do the shitting now. <laughs> yes. So you do right, the shitting King, sorry, now? Yeah, because he's, he's Eagle Fang. He's the one that does the shitting now. Yes. Goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dean, as you were. As I was. There is a lot of uh, Netflix news this week as we enter 2021. There's so many things uh, that Netflix wanted to tell us about. Uh, one, uh, Netflix has announced that this year, 2021, they're going to be uh, releasing uh, at least 70 original films. And they said that they are also going to be releasing at least uh, one new film a week uh, for the year of 2021 mm-hmm. uh, with a, with a kind of teaser trailer uh, to talk about this. What was notable about that was that uh, we saw the, the very first footage for Zack Snyder's army of the dead. Uh, the footage really was nothing of note. Uh, you saw this, this team of, uh, mercenaries like opening a vault door and saw money inside and, and then it cut to something else. But uh, the first footage from Zack Snyder's army of the dead has seen uh, the light of day. Uh, and uh, with that news about their original films, Netflix has uh, talked about the three different uh, R.L. Stein based fear street films that will be coming out in 2021, three different movies. Uh, the first one, uh, is set in 1994, takes place in a small Ohio town uh, where some teens uh, learn some horrific about some horrific events of the past uh, that may uh, put them in jeopardy today. Uh, the second one will be taking place at a summer camp in 1978. So uh, and the third, one, the third one uh, begins in 1666 in a colonial town that has gone like hysteria hysterical with witchcraft fever uh, with a big witch hunt in effect uh, that impacts uh, modern day that impacts <laughs> modern day uh, teenagers. So there's the Fear Street three movies coming from Netflix in 2021. Uh, and then finally, uh, what uh, I'm very much looking forward to because um, I remember when this, uh, this, this footage kind of raced around the internet, but on February 10th uh, Netflix is releasing a four-episode documentary that is called Crime Scene, uh, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Uh, this covers the Elisa Lamb uh, disappearance. If her name does not really ring any bells, this was the case where uh, security footage from the hotel uh, showed this Asian girl kind of acting strangely, especially around the elevator. Um, and that was the last footage of her. Uh, and then uh, sometime a little bit later, her body was found in a water tank on the roof of the hotel and the authorities up to this point in time have not been able to determine what happened to her. So uh, the footage is quite striking if you've never seen it, 
Uh, there's been podcasts mm-hmm. and, and books and such about this topic, uh, but this will be a four-part Netflix uh, documentary, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. So, um, Just about you know, this one case? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just about this one case. It's just about this one case. Oh, okay. I, don't know how, I don't know how long the episodes are going to be, uh, but from what I gather, um, you know, lots of research has been done about this girl and her life and what was going on and trying to piece together what may or not uh, what may or may not uh, have happened to her and what led her to being stuffed inside a water tank on the roof of a hotel. Um, just wow. as a side note. She probably, uh, she probably took some note. fucking flocka. Okay, she probably boofed some flocka. Okay, and made her way through the fucking pipes, man, because you know them fuckers are all kinds of wackadack. Yes, uh, but on, on that note with that documentary, there is also uh, what's supposed to be like a, a definitive written account uh, there's a book that came out, I think, into 2020 uh, that was called Gone at Midnight, The Mysterious Death of Elisa Lamb uh, by somebody named Jake Anderson. I had to just open up my I have a I have a book note on my phone and one of my notes where I just make lists of books that I want to read. And uh, that one is on my yep. list. So I'll be looking forward to that documentary. Yeah, cool. it's a really weird cool. case. Well, I think it's famous. Yeah. <laughs> So the monkey is familiar. Uh, Ghoul and I'm sorry, the king is familiar. Uh, Ghoul and monkey, are you familiar with that that footage and that and that story? No, this is the first I've heard of it. It sounds wonky as shit. I, I want to look this stuff up, man. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, gonna, I remember gonna... vaguely hearing about it. I've just never. Uh, I, I don't. I'm sure if I see the footage, I'll be like, oh shit, I remember seeing that. I just don't remember paying it much mind to where it's sitting in my head. So. Yeah, I'm no, gonna, I've I'm never put a link to the to the footage onto the onto the group chat uh, right now, uh, so you guys can check <laughs> cool, it out thanks. at your leisure. Um, yeah, come on right now. That water, which was so, the craziest part. Anyway, so, drinking that water and bathing in it, and she's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, gross. So, so that's what's going on in the, in the world of of Netflix. So many things, so many exciting things. Uh, the, so many. Uh, moving on, uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers. And legendary films uh, have been fighting over the release strategy of the upcoming Godzilla versus King Kong movie. It seems that Legendary entered into a partnership with Warner Brothers uh, with Legendary uh, financing 75% of this film. And they were blindsided when Warner Brothers announced their distribution plan of releasing this film onto HBO Max and not into the theaters because the legendary, uh, even though we are in the midst of a pandemic and numbers are down, uh, we're still hoping for some box office returns to help uh, kind of recoup their investment. Uh, it seems that this fight has been going on, but uh, apparently they are close to striking a deal uh, to make the fight end uh, a legal deal uh, that is not going to change the release strategy. Uh, but it's probably, I mean, I would imagine some kind of payoff from Warner brothers to legendary, uh, because uh, they went ahead and announced this distribution plan without consulting. Uh, and in, in this article, they said some of the other properties as well that they had partnerships with, they didn't consult with uh, before announcing this Warner Brothers uh, release strategy. I think Dune uh, was one of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I heard is Dune was the other one. Um, and then I'm sad to hear it's like on top of that with that movie. Now I found out it's not even a whole movie. It's only like part of a series. So mm-hmm. We're going to have to wait for more of that. Well, when you, okay, well, hold on though. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
All right, so Dune is in itself a really large book series. So when you say it's part of a series, do you mean they're taking the first book and splitting it into multiple movies? Or is it just the idea that they're going to try to really build the Dune universe like the book series was built? No, they've been from writing what books I read, for that take, for years, no, you know? No, what, from what I read, they were taking the first book and breaking it okay. up into at least two movies. Okay, which isn't, you know, I, honestly, I wouldn't frown on it. There's a lot of content there. Dune, it's funny you bring it up. Dune is actually one of the hardcover books that I have coming in. I actually got myself on a first Oh, thank you for sharing edition. that with us. I got a first uh, edition I learned that on I won that. I won that on eBay. So I'm really looking forward to. Uh, it's been a lo- it's been a long time since I've read that. I read that back in like I don't know, sometime in the early '90s, man. Uh, I have kind of like an off again, on again, love hate relationship with the uh, with the first movie of Dune. Um, I love that fucking like, movie. It's limited by its special effects, and being a Star Wars fan, it's just so different in contrast, you know, and how it's all done. And it feels like such a TV movie when I think about it, you know, and, uh, and I've always wanted them to do like they, I wanted them to do it justice. So if it takes two movies to tell this story, right, using the right special effects and everything, I'm all for it. I'm a bit disappointed with the whole HBO max Godzilla King Kong thing only because like those kind of movies really do. So they, they just show so well on the big screen. That being said... Yeah, yeah, except for that first Godzilla movie that was shot half in the dark, yeah. right, King? <laughs> which is why which is why I kind of avoided seeing Godzilla King of Monsters in theaters. You same, you know, I kept putting here. it off, I kept putting it off, I kept putting it off. I, I got, by the time I got Movie Pass, um, or A-List, whatever the hell it was called, um, they had pretty much moved it out of all theaters except for the Cherry Hill Theater. And that's like an hour and a half away from me. So I'm not driving an hour and a half just to go see Godzilla in Cherry Hill. Like, I'm good, man. Like, I waited till it was on home video, which was like two weeks later. So, but now that I got oh, the bigger man. TV in here anyway, that'll probably be just as, just as fun. It's like watching fucking my own personal little movie theater anyway. So just need to learn how to fucking black out all the light. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Start Jim. spray painting my fucking got? windows, man. <laughs> yeah. So with that going on, uh, you know, hopefully that will, you know, that's going to be, you know, taken care of. And uh, next, yeah, take care of it. Yes, uh, we talked about how HBO was going to be rebooting uh, the True Blood series that only ended a few years ago, and at the time, no. Anna Paquin had said had said that that was news to her, and she has now made a bigger statement. Uh, making it clear that she uh, does not think there's going to be any involvement from her on her part. Uh, She says that uh, her time on True Blood uh, was a very special time and place uh, with the cast and crew truly becoming uh, like family that she is still in regular touch with, so much so that there was a recent holiday Zoom uh, for the original True Blood uh, family where uh, 75 different cast and crew members participated. They're still that close. Uh, she said that these days reboots and remakes uh, are 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 nothing but currency. Uh, she says that she's sure in that True Blood universe that there is 
uh, more stories that can be told. Uh, but in referencing her true blood family, she says they don't need us and that she wishes them well and wishes them all of the best. So uh, Anna Paquin essentially saying that she will not take part in the new upcoming True Blood reboot. Sounds like mm. someone did get invited to the party and is a little sour. <laughs> uh, maybe so. Uh, Anna Paquin's also and, one of those weird actresses who I could see, you know what I mean? I could see them trying to approach her. And again, this is all, all conjecture. This is all assumption. Mm. Uh, we all know what happens when you assume things. You make an ass of, of you and me. Um, but well, you I anyway. See her being, well, most most of the time it's just fucking me, but you know, believe me, I try, I take many people down with me when I go. Um, you know, she seems like one of those. I like one of those actresses who uh, who I can see demanding more money to to reprise the role and to come back. Mm-hmm. She's one of those actresses, you know. Like I I don't know, some people really really enjoy her, and I just never do. There's nothing I've ever really seen her in that I'm ever like, man, I can't wait to go see the next Anna Paquin movie. You know, like, I, I couldn't stand her as Rogue in the X-Men movies. She drove me up the wall. I could never get into True Blood. I, off the top of my head, I can't even think of other things that she was in. So, you, uh, you, you, and We all liked her oh, well. trick-or-treat. We, we all liked yeah. her trick-or-treat. But, but she also had those uh, uh, special teeth in the front that made her look like she had a full set of teeth. Mm. So and and she was also wearing a hot little yeah. number in that in that movie. So yeah. it's yeah. kind of I, I I take that to a fault because you know what that's distraction technique. That's what that is, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> so Dean, what else you got, man? Uh, we there was some talk on our on our group chat about how. Uh, there's going to be a new Indiana Jones video game, and that is the truth. Lucasfilm's uh, Lucasfilm Games has announced the Indiana Jones game uh, upcoming with partnership with Machine Games. And uh, while there has been very little information, I guess some some eagle-eyed people have noticed some details in uh, the very short teaser, uh, such as the fact that you see a plane ticket uh, dated October. 1937 that is going to Rome, Italy, as well as a map of the Sistine Chapel. So uh, potential time and place uh, that the game will be uh, taking place. And of course, that's just uh, speculation. Uh, there's been no confirmation, but i uh, be curious to see what comes of the uh, Indiana Jones video game. Man, I remember that I Doom, that... Uh, cabinet game in the, in the <laughs> arcades. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought this game was supposed to be uh, done by Bethesda. It or, is. or did you? I'm reading Lucasfilm Games and Machine Games. Yeah, because if, yeah. if it's a Lucasfilm game, then it's going to be straight under Lucasfilms. It's not going to be a Bethesda product. That's why I was confused about that. <laughs> because Lucas doesn't share that shit. <laughs> Interesting. And if yeah. the plane ticket, if the plane ticket is 1937, that's placing this between... Temple of Doom and Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Yep, correct. And when did Raiders right, so, yeah. play? Interesting. Uh, so it is, uh, Monkey, it is Lucasfilm Games with Bethesda and Machine Games. 
That's what I'm seeing now. Wow, that's a lot of collaboration there. Lucasfilm Games and Bethesda announced new Indiana Jones game. This is on the Bethesda.net website now. I just wanted to get some clarification as we're talking about this. Uh, Today, Lucasfilm Games and Bethesda Software announced a new Indiana Jones game being developed by the award-winning studio Machine Games. Oh, okay. Okay. And to, to answer all that, you want to take a road trip down the Bethesda. It puts it between Raiders and Last Crusade. So this is something that's going to take place in the middle of those two movies if it's uh, 37. Yeah, it's Raiders, is, 30, because Raiders I, is 36 and uh, yeah, Last Crusade yeah. is 38. Yeah, because when I was taking my kid back to Virginia uh, after visiting, I took a side quest and we went off track and I actually – took him to go check out Bethesda Studios, at least, you know, check out the outside of the building, and you can look in and all that kind of stuff, and he just fucking lost his shit as a little gamer nerd, you know, waking him up because he fell asleep in the car. I was like, hey, (laughs) guess where we are? He's like, what? I was like, we're at Bethesda. He's like, what? (laughs) I was like, you want to go check it out? We went up to the window like a bunch of nerds, peeking into their giant lobby that was just full of giant statues from Wolfenstein and Fallout and all that kind of stuff and it it was just cool as shit, you know. <laughs> and this old old lady security guard starts coming up to the window, you know, and I'm like, Don't worry, we're just nerds. It's okay. You can go back to sleep. For me so for me with them it's always Elder Scrolls stuff. You know what I mean? Like those are the games that I've just always enjoyed on their end. Like I, I got heavy into Elder Scrolls online for, for quite some time. Um but there are also games that are so open ended, unfortunately, that they never they never stick for very long. Like I've got a buddy who's constantly playing uh Skyrim. You know, like he's gotten it for multiple systems now and he's always doing this. He still goes back to it. You know, I guess he's completed the main game, but he's like built a house, has a family, like all this other shit, man. And it's like, yeah, nah, nah, I'm good. Like I roam around a little bit. I chop it shit with like an axe or I learn some fucking fireball spells. And then I'm like, hmm, where should I go next? And then you open up the map and you're like, oh, well, you know, I only have like 80,000 fucking square miles of like land to roam around on to find <laughs> something to do. So, you know what? I'm going to go jerk off in a corner somewhere and, uh, and that'll be the end of it. Hmm. Yeah, good, 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 good point, man. Uh, so to to wrap it up, uh, you know, uh, when Fox up, baby. became when Fox became a network uh, back in the late '80s, uh, you know, their original content at the time uh, left a lot to be uh, desired. Um, many of their Many of their initial uh, shows uh, had very little viewership, uh, lasting sometimes no more than even uh, a season. Uh, You know, shows uh, such as uh, The Continuing Adventures of Beans, Baxter, um, and, you know, other titles of that ilk. Uh, Their show not really taking off uh, in their, their network, I'm sorry, not really taking off uh, until uh, 21 Jump Street and The Simpsons and Married with Children uh, brought the Fox Network Jump some popularity. Street. But in, in that <laughs> inaugural time... The Simpsons time, falls into that, too. Mm-hmm. 
I said The Simpsons. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't hear it. My, my fucking thing started getting all staticky because I got caught on my wire. Yeah. My yeah. bad. 20, I'm sorry. 21 I Jump apologize. Street, 21 Jump Street. Thank you for your apology. Uh, 21 Jump okay. Street, The Simpsons, Married with Children, uh, really uh, began to, to, to get Fox uh, moving. But in that early time of Fox, uh, there was a very uh, popular show uh, that has developed a cult following over the years that has been pretty inaccessible. And this was a show in our genre. Uh, this was a show on oh, Fox please. in 1987 called Werewolf. Oh. And uh, the show Werewolf uh, lasted 28 30-minute episodes. Uh, notable uh, effects gurus Rick Baker and Greg Canham did the special effects. Wow. Baker, of course, the effects of uh, American Werewolf in London, and Canham did the effects for uh, The Howling. Uh, <laughs> and this show hasn't seen the light of day. Uh, back in 2009... Uh, what year did it come out? In partnership, 1987. 87. Huh, uh, in 2009, Shout Factory... Uh, was putting together a collection to release, but it fell apart uh, due to problems over music rights. Well, uh, it turns out that now a French company called Elephant Films somehow has acquired those rights and has released an entire series. Uh, the entire series, Werewolf, has been released on, on, a, on a six DVD set uh, with a low price of thirty nine ninety nine. And, uh, you know, people have been really looking forward to this and have been really excited about it. I don't remember this show at all. Um, apparently, apparently uh, you know, apparently it was really good. Um, but because so many of the Fox shows just were cut, and uh, this one being one of the ones from my reading that had a little bit of a higher budget uh, and was, uh, you know, was notable for its special effects, um, you know, people in our so genre weird. have been really wanting see it and look forward to it and uh now they have a chance uh so if that's was was interesting so... to you go ahead sorry no i was just saying i was so balls deep into horror in 1987 in like particulars like i i you know what i mean like this is where like i was really like diving into it and like I would think something like that on network TV and specifically on Channel Five because Channel Five was the channel that I always went to because, like I've always said, you know we didn't have cable in Staten Island, so you know network television when Halloween rolled around, Channel Five was actually the channel that put on horror movies like all the yeah. time during the course of the week, and I remember watching like and taping like you know on video all the Friday the Thirteenth movies from Channel Five. So if they had had a series that had, like, werewolves and fucking special. Like, I was a huge American Werewolf in London fan. You know, I was a huge Wolfman fan. Like, all of these things were, like, movies that I loved. So if I would have even heard, like, an inkling of it, like, I know I would have fucking made sure to tune in that prime time and watch that shit. Um, I-, I watched Fox all the time, too, at that time, because that's where Championships of Re- uh, Champions of Wrestling was on. Uh, that was, you know, Fox 5 at, like, 11 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, that's bizarre, the, that, man. I can't believe that I didn't the, hear about it. Yeah, that, uh, uh, really nice, nice find. <laughs> nice find, Dean. Yeah, man. Uh, again, uh, I I had just uh, learned about it in this article, and as I was just going, I posted a a, a photo on our on our chat uh, just now for 
uh, everyone to take a look at and maybe seeing the cover art or something might jog some memories. I just went onto mm-hmm. YouTube to see if I could find a trailer to post, and it seems that, uh, and I'm going to post the link, the entire series is on, uh, is on YouTube, uh, all the episodes. Nice. Oh, so, sweet. Uh, I'm going to post that link uh, right now. It's, it's looking like the, the first episode was an hour and 20 minutes, and uh, you know it looks like the rest of them are all clocking in, and it's a nice, tidy 22 to 23 minutes. It was a half-hour show, and the commercials have been taken out, and... Uh, it's looking like all 28 episodes are, are here. Yeah, but that's weird that none of us have heard of that show, man. <laughs> like, e- wow, you, King of Hearts, you, you sound baffled. <laughs> it's, it's always a proud moment. It's always a proud moment for me when I can baffle the King of Horror, when I can, uh, when I choose a title for our show that the King of Horror has not seen. Uh, or find a piece of information that the King of Horror doesn't know, it always it always makes me feel happy. It does. Yeah. She does a bong hit every time it happens. So, King, you should, like, I totally... Do not. Like, you I've been totally done a bong fake. hit in, like, 30-something years, bro. <laughs> I haven't done a bong hit in fucking 30-something years. Uh, Dude, but, you know, bong, there have been times... If I did a bong hit now, I'd probably fucking have a heart attack and die, okay? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably fucking die. That. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Right, to lock me in the fucking loony bin. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there have been times when I've, like, chosen a title for the show, and I'm like, all right, this is the one. There's no way that the king knows this one. I, I, I found the one. And then, and then I'm like, here's our title for the next week. And the king's like, oh, that's a great one. I remember watching that. Looking forward to talking about that one. <laughs> damn it. I've, I've watched that one 16 times in the last 40 years. rambling off cast details the whole night. You know, he knows the production <laughs> company did this or did what. <laughs> It's like, damn it, King, why do you know this? <laughs> and that's like King of Horror, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and you should celebrate. Our loyal audience should celebrate the knowledge of our King of Horror and feel lucky to listen to us uh, knowing that uh, one of us at least is beyond knowledgeable. And you should celebrate this knowledge by hitting us in the DMs on Instagram and inquiring about how you too can send the King of Horror his very own she event. He is. You know, contrary to everything he says here, what we also know about the King of Horror is that he's an opposite person. So he says that he hates it, but he truly loves it and appreciates it. He's been loving tending to his garden. Oh, man. I hate that that blowjob. I love it so much. (laughs) See? See? King, could you you please repeat that so everyone can hear it? I mean, I talk an opposite. I hate sex and blowjobs very much, and I definitely don't like making out with girls. Gross. <laughs> Am I right? So, <laughs> fellas, fellas, take that as you will, and you make sure to hit the king of the DMs head. up. He if you're a tall boy with a beard, come on down, man. Let's talk. I don't care. That's it. Any ship in a harbor. <laughs> Visit some bars mm-hmm. and you can show me around. I don't mind. I'll tell you that you have a nice ass. <laughs> I don't care. He will tickle your pants. Now, now, now I am all, but I'm bear in mind, the, going, the, king, the king might be easy, but he's not cheap. Yeah. yeah no, he'll, cost you, he'll, he'll cost you a pretty penny. Just um, get him some PBR and some actually, brow when he's on I'm, I'm, it, It's still. It's still a few weeks away from from my next pick, 
uh, but I think that what I'm going to be doing is trying to uh, go into my lists, and I'm going to see if next the next pick of mine I can bring to the table something that the king has not seen. Oh, you might. Disney. Here's the secret. Disney movies. Disney films. Okay? <laughs> Animated features. Science fiction movies. <laughs> yeah. so I will be staying in our, in our genre. In our genre. Uh, but that's that's what I that's my that's my plan. And um right. you know that that uh, I, I, you know, I think maybe even later this evening I might check out uh, the. I don't know if I'm going to watch the 90-minute uh, pilot, but I might maybe jump into the second episode of that werewolf show and take a look. Uh, like I'm just curious about it, and now that it's all on, it's all there for us to see on YouTube. Um, I might take a take a look at that, and maybe I'll even watch the pilot. Well, who knows? But um, anyway, uh, I shared the link with everybody on on our group, and uh, that was the final item that I have on my list for this evening. Awesome. All right, Thank you, Dean. So that, we know that the Dean is going to try to stump me in a couple of weeks with his choice, but it is my choice tonight, and I decided to go back to 2019, all the way back to 2019, technically released in 2020, with VFW, directed by Joe Bittenhouse. I'll hit you with the plot. For the veterans of VFW Hall 2494, a normal evening of booze and celebrating a fellow's birthday turns into a long night of survival as a gang of punks addicted to a new drug called Hype I hunted down a young woman that's on the run from Boz, the ruthless leader. She stole his stash of hype that he was hoping to make a big payday for by dawn and vowed to protect this woman. The old man, plus one young soldier returning home from duty, wages a bloody war against these very same punks. So that's the plot of the FW. We got a ton of people in here that's recognizable from Martin Cove to William Sadler to Fred the Hammer Williamson to Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe, George Went from Cheers. David Patrick Keller from Twin Peaks and also from The Crow and The Warriors. So there's a lot of great cast in this. Uh, Joe Bago is known for his bloody features. There's a lot of gore in this one as well. Great 80s aesthetic. You could definitely tell there was a huge influence from John Carpenter, especially from Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, when I first saw it, I rented it. I just love this movie. So, Ghoul, what did you think of W? Well, I mean... All right, here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it with this, okay? I didn't hate this movie, which was great. You know, I really, it's not, look, you know me. I don't go into We're anything intro. I wanted to hate it anyway, right? It's, it's just, you know, obviously that's, that's, that's my, my summation right there. I didn't mm. hate it. No, um, this movie had a lot of fun moments with it. Um, when it, you know, when it went full board, it went full board. I loved it. I loved seeing the cast, which felt like a collection of, you know, 80s villains from, from multiple films. Um, you know, I, I think of that one guy as Sully from Commando, um, you know, and whatever the villain's name was in the movie Dreamscape with Dennis Quaid. Um, oh, you know, like yeah, that, that's man. who I think. What a reference. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's every time, I, well, you know what it is? For years, I thought that guy was Jay Leno. Um, and then it wasn't until later that I realized <laughs> that they're two, two totally different fucking people. Um, so whenever I'd see, like, Jay Leno on, like, the late night show or whatever, I'd be like, oh, shit, dude. Arnold Schwarzenegger dropped him off the fucking side of a cliff once. Um, you know, remember when I told you I'd kill you last, Sully? I lied. Um, 
so so yes, Fred the Hammer Williamson. Like the the cast was great. I loved it. There were just like small things that like annoyed me. And like this is one of those where it's like it's a low budget film, great premise. The execution was was awesome at some points and just poor at others. And that's kind of what it left me at. So by the end, yeah, did I, I had a smile on my face when the movie was over. So I liked it. There you go. That, that's that's oh. how I felt about it. Very cool. Dean, what did you think about VFW? Uh, first, I just want to add a comment to, to what the what the ghoul was just saying. Uh, because I didn't recall the name uh, of David Patrick Kelly, uh, I, I, I am like floored right now because I did not recognize him at all in this film. Yeah. And that guy... <laughs> As a as a very in anything that I've ever seen him in, uh, forty eight hours. You know, he was in forty eight yeah. hours with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. And obviously, I've seen The Crow. Obviously, I've seen The Warriors. Obviously, I've seen Commando like a thousand times. Um, yeah. I and he's a very unique looking dude. You know, like without question, I uh, did not recognize him in any way. I'm sitting here right now thinking about his character, and I'm like. Oh shit! Like I like I'm sh- I can't believe that I didn't recognize him. So anyway, Same here, dude. Uh, I I <laughs> thought that this film was was super fun. Um, I had a lot of fun seeing uh, Fred Williamson, uh, Black Caesar himself. Uh, so cool mm-hmm. to to see him. I don't recall the last time I saw him in anything. And uh, as I said last week, I had I'm been looking forward to seeing this one for That's a cool. while. So I was <laughs> glad to have a chance to see it. And then. Uh, in this film, we had uh, we had Stephen Lang, who the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, where do I know him from? Like, I totally fucking know this guy from somewhere. somewhere. I'm like trying, trying to remember, and then it came to me, and it, it, the character that I was thinking of is like the total opposite of this character. Uh, he was Ike Clanton, the coward, in uh, in Tombstone, uh, in the Kurt Russell movie Tombstone. Uh, like the 100% opposite of the character in this film. So uh, when I figured out, the, out, it was really cool. Uh, obviously, great. He's a blind guy. Don't I mean, I mean, Martin Cove. Yeah. <laughs> What's that cool? He's like the main. He's the main guy in Don't Breathe. The blind guy that kills all the kids. The big muscle-bound dude. No, fucking was like the main villain. That's Stephen Lang. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand, but I'm just saying there was I was trying racking my brain for like there was something else that I knew him from, you know, oh, okay. and like gotcha, I didn't, I didn't, gotcha. I didn't go and look, and I'm watching, and I'm like, I know, I'm like where do I know him from? Like there's something, there's something, and then it dawned on me, and I was like, oh shit, and in Tombstone, like he plays like a sniveling coward, um, nice. that always tries to act tough, but then at the moment always cowers and runs away crying, and uh, the, you know, stark difference in character here. Uh, and then, of course, this guy, uh, I want man. that man to play cable still. He, I, so I don't know. Like yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know the last time that I saw uh, William Sadler in a film. And granted, I didn't expect to see, uh, you know, naked, Tai Chi ripped, uh, Die Hard 2 William Sadler. But like... Man, I was it like music. really threw me for a loop. It really threw me for yeah. a loop at how old he is now, um, because <laughs> I just haven't seen him in a long time. And I was like, "Oh shit, that's William Sadler. Damn, the fuck is old." Like that really threw me. For a loop. But anyway, 
as far as the film is concerned, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I feel like it's been quite some time <clears throat> since we've had something that just had some good fun splatter and gore and like body parts flying around. So like, I truly appreciated that. And, um, you know, I found that there were, you know, quite a few uh, lulls in between the action where kind of the performances and everything seemed a little bit stilted and kind of went on a little longer than necessary. Uh, but I, I found this to be very enjoyable uh, seeing these old veterans, uh, you know, getting down with the violence. And uh, I always appreciate uh, seeing uh, Dora Madison. I, I like her. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this one. This was, uh, this was fun. Yeah, Becky from Friday Night Lights. Um, <laughs> Becky from Friday Night Lights. It was a brief, uh, her, her, her account disappeared, but she was actually a follower of the Talking Terror Instagram for a little bit. Um, and it was definitely her. She was posting live videos of herself all the time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked, you know, I liked it. Uh, this is one where like, if I'm flipping around on a lazy day and it's like on the FX channel or sci-fi or something, like I'm totally sticking with it. Like I, I enjoyed this one. Yeah. All right. Monkey, what'd you think about VFW? All right. Uh, yeah, VFW. Um, yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> um, well, this is a Fangoria film. Make no mistake, this is an action-packed, old-school style siege movie, motherfuckers, and I fucking loved it. I mean, oh man, uh, and Fangoria. All it means is that all we had was just more splatter, but it was still old-school, like '90s action film. You know, in-your-face, over-the-top action. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this film lovingly paid homage to John Carpenter's escape films and its tone and its musical score. Like, you know, especially the entire Down opening track. scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm getting at, man. The score <laughs> is just straight up there. Uh, the well-selected cast of this film did a great job of pulling you into their story, pulling you into their bar, and wanting you to hear their stories and you know just pull them into their lives because all the lulls that you know everyone else was talking about I was enjoying the lull moments because again I didn't see it as lulls I took it as these were the moments where we were getting to know the characters with sharing their histories with each other so I was enjoying the roller coaster because during those those downtimes I thought it all of the characters were doing a great job of sharing story time with each other just because that's when we got to know who they were when they weren't in this situation. And so, yeah, this, this movie, dude, was just a fun fucking roller coaster, old school action ride, and I've really fucking enjoyed it, King, man. Thank you so much for picking this fucking movie, man. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I just want to have a good time, and I think that's where the movie delivered. Um, but it's the fact that everything moves quickly too. I think that's one thing I liked about this movie, especially is that right when the movie kicks off, you're getting introduced to Boz, uh, the gang leader in this abandoned movie theater, leading all these hyped out people, this new drug called hype. And they're all like zombies on it. And he's got the only thing in town, which is the good shit, but he wants to get out of town, sell the shit, make a profit and go. Um, and the whole impulse is he leads a girl to kill herself by throwing it over a balcony and she jumps to her death. And that happens to be Wizard's sister. And she's the one that steals the shit and goes to the VFW. But the one thing I wanted to say is that when you introduce these characters like Fred and Z and Doug uh, and Walter Blue, it made me feel like this movie was scripted, but these guys were just fucking ad-libbing. They were just fucking shooting the shit. 
having a good time with their lines, not taking it seriously. <laughs> like the one scene when they introduce Wayne Sadler's character, when he gets up out of the back of the pickup truck and he jumps out and he's like, oh, are you trying to hit them speed bones deliberately? He's like, deliberately? Where are you from? <laughs> you can tell he and Stephen Lang jumped in and just said something over it to kind of cover up his mistake and they kept it in the movie. Like, but the relationships were so fucking tight. Like, it felt like they knew each other their entire lives, all these guys. Yeah, I agree with you, man. That that was the thing I was talking about, is this movie, dude, just, like, the way it was written and the way they were delivering their lines definitely made you feel like, you know, you were part of that BFW, you know, and you were getting to know them from their stories of just talking shit back and forth. Uh, see, and I'm mm-hmm. going to come down the middle with that. You know what I mean? Like, I felt that, honestly, between these guys, that the jargon and their interactions during this, like, get-to-know-you portion, while fun at times, never – it just didn't flow to my exact liking, I guess. I don't know. There, there was just something off with the way they were. Um, you know, what I also – what I also would have liked a little bit more of on the, the villain side as well would have been like maybe not exactly one like subordinate that matched to each one of our good guys, but at least something along those lines to make them a little bit more identifiable for like, you know, kind That's of having like little, mini bo- like little mini bosses mini to bosses. finally get yep. that big boss at the end, you know? <laughs> Like, and I know they were there, I mean, but I just wish they were more, like, identifiable, you know? Gutter was one of them, yes. And that's a big fucking dude with a bald head and a beard and a big-ass axe. I mean, there were, there were two guys identical. like that. There were two guys like that, though. You know what I mean? You couldn't fucking tell the difference between the two of them. You know, and so it's, even it's like, I don't know. With, with those up, two man? big guys, too, they were, that's all they were. They were just big, giant people. There was nothing – there was, like, nothing notable about them – uh, that even mm-hmm. uh, that even built them up as these characters that you were supposed to like be afraid of because they were so tough or so evil. And yeah, I you know while some of the banter between all of the main characters were good, and yeah, we saw like the photograph in the bathroom mm-hmm. and everything. I feel I still feel that like there was like a, a I'm gonna agree mm-hmm. with what what the ghoul is saying here that there was kind of like this underlying kind of emotional resonance between the characters uh, that was lacking. Uh, like I didn't feel like the true like emotional uh, investment, even uh, even with Stephen Lang's character and Martin Cove's character. When Martin mm-hmm. Cove's character is like, "Oh, I'm gonna go negotiate," um, Ellis vibes from uh, Die Hard there. But uh, you know, like I, I didn't feel like this this even when the main characters that that lost their lives, like I wasn't feeling like emotional loss from the characters uh, that were still. And granted, they still had business to attend to. But I thought that, that that there was a little bit of that kind of underlying tie that binds. Uh, I wasn't picking up on that very strongly. Um, uh, one thing I just wanted to point out, and I don't know if this was by design, but uh, if you think back, uh, and maybe this was on purpose, but uh, to the television sitcom Cheers, uh, at the beginning they had George Wentz's character positioned in the same location as the bar yep. he would have been sitting in, uh, in Cheers. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I figured yeah, that out too, man. I was like, yeah, yeah, look at that. Yeah. He's right where he belongs, man. Good old George. <laughs> right at that corner, right at that corner spot, facing down the rest of the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and oh, okay. What, what, one other small gripe I did have about this movie was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 
what was the lighting in the actual bar? I thought the lighting was actually a bit too dark. I w- wish they had lightened things up just a little bit so we could have seen a little bit better. You know, again, I don't know if it's based on that was old in my, you know. I, no, that's, that's the whole movie. I'm I'm just saying, I don't know if it's me and my eyes or whatever, you know, because I'm getting older, you know, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the action. But again, I know that Jeff Bagos, you know, because again, we cover Bliss, really likes to fucking play with light. And I'm glad, though, that he really toned it down for this movie, though, and didn't go into, you know, that territory that we don't like to talk about where you start to play too much with light. But I'm, I'm glad he kept it down to a minimum. When you have lighting, though, in, in, in this, and yes, we do, we have the, the power outage, but the film was dark prior to that. Um, yeah. You know, it was one of the things, like, I immediately noticed, like, and unfortunately, I'm watching this today, it's during the day, um, you know, I had to, like, try to adjust the curtains and all that just to, even on the gigantic screen, just to make it so, like, you know, I was able to catch some details. You know, sometimes I feel like they do that, too, though, to hide fake blood, to hide little details yeah. of, like, what's going on on the set, things like that. But it didn't, it didn't remove me from the film as much as it was just more of an annoyance trying to watch certain parts of it. So, yeah, that, that's all. I do wonder all if right, a Blu-ray yeah. copy cleans it up at all. King, did you watch this on Shutter or do you have a Blu-ray of it? Blu-ray. And it's a little bit more uh, sharp on Blu-ray than it is okay. on, on Shutter. So okay, yeah, cool. I've watched it because I might get this. Yeah, I, I bought it as soon as it came out in Blu-ray because I rented it because I enjoyed it that much. Uh, it was one character Z, and also David Patrick Kelly's character Doug that I really had no investment in. So I was kind of glad that they got taken out pretty early when things go to shit after Lizard entered VFW Hall. It was kind of nice to have him taken out because, you know, George Wett just sat there and just laughed a bunch and, you know, kind of told everybody to close the door. Like, he didn't have much to do, mm-hmm. so when he got taken out by the girl, I was like, you know what, I'm okay. This is fine. Like, yeah. I'd rather the other guys be the one to do that. And, and I can agree with that with Wentz's character, but I can't. I can't with Doug, dude, because, again, you know, I'm seeing, mm-hmm. like, like I said, I'm looking at this movie and I'm seeing all these people and I'm thinking to myself, these are all villains that are finally going to get their day and get to be heroes, you know? They're going to be good guys. Mm-hmm. To me, for all of them, for my iconic, like, roles that I see them as, you know, I see them as, as villains. William Sadler from, from Die Hard, uh, too. Um, you know, obviously Kelly from Dreamscape. And, and other things, even Fred the, the Hammer Williamson. I know he was a good guy, for you know the most part in From Dust Till Dawn, but he turns eventually yeah. as well. You know Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe. Like all these guys, I see them as bad guys. So now I'm seeing this as this collection of them, almost like a, like a, like a. How's the movie thing? I'm thinking of right now. God, I hate when I I, I can't do that. Uh, the fucking uh, Expendables. The Expendables, thank you. I was going to say the Deplorables, but that just goes to show you that I'm too busy watching too much fucking news these days. The Expendables. <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's the villain form of it. And I wanted him to at least get his comeuppance, just a, just a little bit, you know, because he's out there, he's smoking pot. You find out that he's, I guess they're trying to push <laughs> off that he's, he's older than the rest of them, you know, it's all medical grade. Because he's Korean. He, he, he was a Korean, Korean war, war veteran. veteran. Yeah. But it, I know age-wise, between all of these actors, they're all around the same age. They're all within, like, the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 70, man. I mean, that's like, that's a crazy town. 
you know, because I'm trying to try to watch it and compare to see if any of these characters or actors would actually have been old enough to have served in Nam, and they're all kind of like touch and go uh, for late Nam. I think Cove, out of everybody, was the oldest. I think he's born 46. So he, uh, yeah. he definitely would have been, uh, he could have been balls deep in Nam, and we've seen him do this as a, as, as, as crease. So, you know, I automatically yeah. believe he was in Nam. Right, but oh, yeah, okay, no. but it's but but at the same time, it's like you guys are sitting there talking about you know th- these relationships and stuff like that, and it's just growing up in the military family and seeing my dad hang out with his military buddies back in the day and stuff like that. And those of you that were in the shit together, it's like there's not a lot of hugging and kissing or anything like that. It's a lot yeah. of shit talking. It's it's a mm-hmm. lot of in your face shit talking. All right, and this is why I really really fucking enjoyed this movie is because. When they're hanging out and stuff like that, and just seeing Fred give everyone a rash of shit, it was just like, okay, that's the guy, you know, and again, you know, and that's how it really is. And even us, you know, us four, you know, we constantly give each other a rash of shit, but that's how we tell each other, hey, motherfucker, I love you. All right, now shut the fuck up and let's move on. And I'm going to shut the fuck up and move on. So, King, as you were. <laughs> well, well, I, well, well, if I can just interject on that real quick, and then yes, can you go go off? Um, I've been around, you know, and have been around a lot of, of military people and groupings and stuff like that. And yes, to some degree, this banter—it's it, not quite what you get with the realism. You know, as far as like really being around these guys, it's a whole other level of bile. It's a whole other level of insult, and it's a whole other level of letting shit brush off your shoulder that most people wouldn't even be able to fight. Most people. Regular people would sit there and be like, what the fuck did he just say to him type of deal? I felt in this movie, as far as the banter went, my favorite part of it was actually when they brought in um, the new kid, you know, uh, Sean. You know, I felt that was actually the most fun banter as far as when they were kind of picking on the new guy, younger kid, giving him a little bit of shit. I felt that felt the most natural as far as the banter went. And I almost wonder if that's because, you know, I don't know for sure if any of these guys have any actual military service history, but as actors, I felt like they could actually naturally give a younger actor some shit being that he's new to the profession. Hey, you got a baby mower or something? (laughs) No, (laughs) married, sir. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like we said, yeah, with the wizard breaking into the VFW to run away from Rhodey and away from Tank, we have Rhodey getting his head blown off by Fred with the shotgun. You know, dark enough so it was a good effect so you don't see too much. It's just a great head explosion. But you also have yeah. uh, Fred catching the axe from Tank, which I fucking love. This is such a badass movie <laughs> when he just you know and just goes after him. Anybody else want to break into my fucking bar? <laughs> you know. <laughs> We have to, you know, we have to get help. We have to try to find help. So Z going out there to his car. Of course, the weirdest moment because they don't really cover him too well because he just goes, "Woohoo!" Going to walk outside, get to my car, and gutter comes in here and hacks at him with with her gigantic fucking sword, which I love because Dora Madison looks amazing in this movie as Gutter. I was like, man, I didn't like her much in Bliss, but this movie, I was digging, you know, the bra and the whole outfit. But she's a badass in this one. So I was glad to see her come back for this. But. Um, and, and he nailed handled. the role really well. Fantastic. And I love the fact that when Fred decides to go out to his pickup truck, he's like, I'm going to fucking start the truck, back it up. We're going to get, you know, dug into the back and we're going to go. 
she smashes her fucking sword through the back windshield, demanding that he gives it back. And when he says, I don't know what you're talking about, she's like, well, then you just have to die. And then he jams her with the key, and she runs away screaming, all right, come on, bitch! Like, you know, top of one. <laughs> you know, she comes back for round two, and realizing that that truck isn't any good, any good, we have to go back in and kind of, uh, you know, recoup. You know, let's just regroup and you know, figure out what our next move. Is. But man, if you thought he was pissed off before, man, you fucked up his truck, <laughs> and he fucking and he loved it. his truck. <laughs> And that's why he's pissed that Lizard isn't giving up any information other than the fact that her name is Lizard. But she didn't say give her back. She didn't say give Wizard back. She said it. So why don't you tell us what that yeah. is? But she's steadfast. And I love Lou, Martin Cove, who I did love in this movie because he's the kind of soldier that gets back, wants nothing more to do with it. He's a car dealer now. He sells cars. He's got the nice suit on. He's got the rings. He doesn't really feel like defending anything. He just wants to go to the titty bar. And he wants to get out. So give the I wonder if back. he talked to Ma- yeah. I wonder if he talked to Machio to get any kind of like you know like tips on how to be a smarmy car salesman. What's it gonna take to get? <laughs> he ob- he was he obviously went to OCS. Well, everyone else were who was NCOs. That's how that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it is real. Um, he pulls down uh, Fred's hat, and then Fred just all night could punches him right in the nose. And then he's like, all right, oh, come on. Loved man. it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's regroup and just clean yourself off. Come on, you asked for it. You know you did. <laughs> yeah. And, and no, like, no, no delay, no yeah. nothing. Just automatic punch, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Without even looking, because his eyes are covered by that snow hat that he's wearing, the beanie. So he didn't even see him punching him in the face. He just automatically does like, that's a soldier right there that's doing that. Um, it, it's, the, the punch happens and that's the discovery of finding the stolen stash of hype in the toilet tank in, in the toilet and that's what causes them to realize that if we give all shit back to Boz and we give her back we could just go to the titty bar and be done with this well you actually killed Rody that's his little brother so you guys are fucked either way so you guys are going to have to do something because he's about to stick a whole bunch of fucking army of freaked out hypers onto this VFW so, montage time. Make some, make some weapons. Before we got around the bar, you're making a new weapon. We're having a fucking montage. <laughs> Motherfucker. Just making montage. those made and sharpening the stakes, you know, making the keg with the you know, pool cues to ram at them as they go through the door. I mean, these guys, with their military experience, it was, just, it was great. To, you know, just having limited bullets, but yet they can make a weapon out of it. Mm-hmm. I love go taking the yeah, but we're also missing. But we're also missing a important part here, uh, aside from the pre- the predator reference and stuff like that. Um, is that they aren't going to just throw lizard out be- because they have a sense of honor. You know, she came in and you know as a refugee and. It is their job now, as most of them see it anyway, that it is their job as soldiers to protect anyone that comes into the doors of the VFW that's looking for help. And that's what Walter said. There's, yeah, and it's you know, you their, didn't have to help. It's like, duty once you walk in here. You know, for most of them anyway, you know, um, it's their sworn duty now to protect anyone that comes in. So now it's their job to look after Lizard. She, she's, you know, 
not an expendable. Garanka. All right. <laughs> she is now part of the group. And they held their own pretty well against the, you know, the first siege of these hypers that are just kind of pouring into the bar at this point. I mean, they're holding them off. You know, they're doing pretty well with these makeshift weapons, um, you know, using the, you know, the keg with the pool cues and using the hockey stick and using everything at their advantage. Uh, at one point oh, when uh, – Yeah. Tennis, you know, tennis balls are always fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, just blowing up the hypers in that room with the tennis ball. But also, it's when Fred gets a chain wrapped around his neck, and he's like, can somebody give me a hand, please? <laughs> like, I'm being strangled to death. And I, just, I love that he mentioned to that out, just getting strangled with the chain, and leading to Lou smashing the guy over the head with the pickled pig feet. He's like, great, now i got blood and pickled pork shit all over my suit. <laughs> this is pretty fucked up at this point. But to me, it was like that uh, video game. You get this first wave of fucking bad guys that you have to defeat, and then in comes the fucking final boss, and that tank just stomping in <laughs> onto that pool table, and nobody can take him down. They're all punching it out of him. Nothing's working until Wizard <laughs> And then like a fucking spider monkey jumping onto his back with those car keys. <laughs> oh, my God. Lizard with that, like, just, yeah, like you said, like a spider monkey, just stab it, stab it, stab it. Everyone else was, like, kind of just taking a step back, watching her go. (laughs) And Tank's taking these hits. Like, he's not really going down at all until, like, the final hit to the chest when Sean takes over and just fucking caps him to that in the face Mm. until there's nothing left. (laughs) And then they're like, wow, okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but, but, also, <laughs> but also during the siege is when Sean proves himself that he's able to be handy with a firearm, you know, and that he happens to have the nickname Deadeye because he never yeah. fucking misses. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's a crack shot. You know, he's like Marty McFly in Back to the Future Part 2. Just knows how to get him all in one shot. <laughs> yeah, but then also in the part, part three, man. Oh yeah, well, I guess it's part two as well. Yeah, I guess that goes. Yeah, but it's like part two video. This is for babies. But <laughs> but it <laughs> but it was also cool because that's when we also have a moment of the veterans recognizing the young buck as okay, an actual accomplished soldier now, and not just a young buck that has possibly has a baby mama. You know, they are now recognizing him as a soldier. Abe apologizes to him. He says he was wrong yeah. about him. Like, you know, I'm sorry you shut shit earlier, but, you know, you really held your own, and he was just kind of proud to know him at that point. You know, I mean, look at that from Sean's perspective. I just came in here for a drink. I'm going home after this, yeah. and now you're in fucking battle against punks that you have nothing to do with, just like these guys. But you're <laughs> duty-bound to see this through. That's the whole point, which is great. But Lou, he's Section 8 at this point. He just wants to fuck out of there. He just wants tits, and he just wants to go to the strip club. I'm going to go across the street <laughs> and make a deal with Bob. This is easy. I sell mm-hmm. cars for a living. Well, anyway. <laughs> Trust how much me, it would I can take do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's great to see the interaction between not CM Punk Boz and Lou in this particular <laughs> sequence. <laughs> not CM Punk Boz. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, not CM Punk. Because it's, it's big CM Punk. But it's, you know, making a deal. Let's make a deal. Like, we'll give you the drugs. You know, we'll give you the girl. You know, it's fine. He's like, interesting offer, but how about we just take it and we kill all of you? No, oh, come on. Meet me halfway here. <laughs> let's, let's talk about it. Um, 
you know, <laughs> cut over there. You take 20, 20% off. <laughs> 2%. 2% off the sticker price. <laughs> it's when you fucked up and says that Fred's the leader. That's the problem. You fucked up, Lou. Shouldn't have said anything about Fred being the leader because now you have no purpose. And you're stuck with these fucking gang members surrounding you. So make it easy on them. We could just kill them and take care of it while Fred watches from afar. <laughs> and watching Fred, you know, yell at him. Like, you know, just give us our friend back. We'll give you the drugs. You know, we don't care at this point. <laughs> Lou gets the final stand. I love the fact that he fought against him. He almost got the upper hand. Yeah, yeah. I like that they wrote him so that he can actually do, have an action moment, and we actually get to see yeah. him, you know, pu- punching and kicking his way in a situation. And again, Ralph Macchio, why the fuck didn't you take fucking lessons for any of your fucking roles? Because here we have Martin <laughs> Cove kicking the fucking shit out of six people in a scene, and yet you can't do a fucking roundhouse, okay? <laughs> He struggles. Yeah, and he owns a car dealership in this movie. So what's your excuse, Macho? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I mean, come on, man. Don't, don't, pick, don't pick on Ralph, dude. It's not like he's he's really only a couple years younger than than, than this guy. So let's, let's not pick on him too much. Okay. All right. In a in a side note, off the show, I will sit there and go on my banter that I sit there and went off on the king. All right, but that'll be off the show. All right. So back to the movie. Okay. King. <laughs> but after Lou is shot and killed, Fred is also shot in the ankle by Bazzetti. Retreats back into the VFW after punching one of the gang members in the face with a whole bag of pipe. And it's at this point that Fred decides it's over. You know, there's really nothing left. You know, Lou is dead. All my friends are dead. Doug is dying from his blood loss. I'm just going to go to the bathroom and just drink my fucking thing. He's dead. They could just come in here and kill me at this point. So it's one of those moments that a lot of those movies have. The, the, you know, the leader, the hero moment of, like, I, I can't do it anymore. Let's just you know, let them come in here and kill us. Even wizards. Don't be a pussy, man. Yeah. Like, you know, we got to make a laugh. Well, what are you fight. getting, horny? You're fucking, like... You know, I like breathing yeah, into man. this shit, too, and he's like, well, excited about it, man. <laughs> this particular scene, though, it's like, I will consider it a weird-ass lull, though, because all the emotions we're supposed to be feeling, they just didn't capture it, okay? Because it was, we should have had some kind of screenshot of everyone going, oh, fuck, what are we going to do, or something like that, you know, because Fred's out of it now. You know, something, you know, to reiterate that he has given up. It was this scene. I don't think was written well enough to where we were yeah. supposed to be feeling the emotions that we were supposed to be feeling right now. Of this is the moment of defeat because he's been drinking all the, the entire fucking movie, man. He's been drinking since fucking scene yeah. one. All right, so him <laughs> going to the bathroom and chugging back a bu- you know a, a bunch of Jack Daniels like you know Nick Cage and Mandy. I just took it as him trying to get you know himself hyped up. I didn't take it as a defeatist moment. All right, they should have done this whole thing way better than they really did. Yeah, it just it, it was his moment of like you know what I, I do have to fight. I'm still a soldier even though I'm not in the army anymore. So this when he comes out of you know the bathroom, fall in line. It's like okay, we got him back. He's back. <laughs> you know, we're gonna fight off against Boz as he's coming into our bar. 
And I just love that back and forth that Boz has with Fred, giving him that kind of ultimatum. Like, we're, we're going to come in here and take the shit, whether you like it or not. You know, I bet you have a lot of regrets. He's like, I don't regret anything. And as a matter of fact, if you come in here, I'm going to cut your heart out. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, little man, you don't fucking scare me, bro. Like, you come here with your big fucking talk. Come on in. And I love how he, like, taps the axe in the hole. He's like, come on, come on. You think I'm fucking scared of you, you little shit? Come on, bring it. I love I, I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna cut you off. I think that's the best line in the movie. I gotta look at a goddamn fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from that stand. So we have Abe finally taking down the the machete that was hanging above the bar that he got as a bloody rig. You know, this is his time. He's gonna take lead on this one. Then he just fucking pounds more full of hype. He's like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, I'm in it now. And he gets all wide-eyed and fucking, let's do this, ladies, come on. You know, man, she's on. <laughs> Fred Williamson couldn't have been any fucking cooler than this scene. Yeah, as, as soon as he did that entire scene, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> From dusk till dawn, there we go. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about to get it. <laughs> and he, he's taking oh. it down. He, he's ready to down. Because <laughs> this is it. This is the last battle. And then you have Fred standing off against Saz and his guys in a typical Western type of showdown where you have the heroes versus the villains. And it all leads off by a being thrown up the air and being shot off by, by Sean. Saz is a powder of hikes of crash down to the gang members, which is insane on Boz and Gutter because they're all hyped out. So they don't know who they're fighting at this point. They're all just drugged up. So they're just fighting Boz back against Boz and Gutter. You know, it's like, you're on our side, guys. Get the old people. I, I, I love this scene because everyone's fucking stoned as, you know, hyped up as shit. You know, and everyone is just fucking killing everyone. It doesn't matter who the fuck is around. You know, because the, yeah, the, the one chick that, that's supposed to be fighting Abe, you know, she's just going around kicking ass and taking out everybody. And Abe's like, okay, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She's all fucking hyped up too now. <laughs> she just put her out. Yeah, they're beating the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, I love that back and forth. But what really made this fucking whole scene great before Abe and Gutter have their final showdown is you have Walter picking up the fucking gigantic as Buzzsaw. Gigantic <laughs> smile across his face. Like he just discovered a toy for the first time. <laughs> what you got? Come on, guys. <laughs> I got something for those fuckers outside. And buzzsawing everybody away from the door, just laughing the entire time. I was like, William Sadler's just chewing up the scenery. I couldn't love it more, you know, in the, the final battle as they make their way outside to the gun truck. That's been seen numerous times in this movie, so you know it's going to get used at some point. It just matters when. It's now. Now is the time to use that gun truck while eight battles gutter inside. And it was a great back and forth, but the best part of it all was, of course, the last stand by Fred with Gutter. Just as she's about to lead that final blow to Abe, you have the VFW flag on Retortion. Breaking in half. And <laughs> right her throat cannibal holocaust style. I was like, yep, that's this fucking movie. <laughs> hmm Yeah. And again, it's just all this action that's going on. It's all this over-the-top, you know, action movie kind of action. But again, because of Sangoria, we're getting just the extra sprawl. You know, we're getting all that extra K-Row syrup that's going on that you would not get in a Schwarzenegger movie. You know, so 
so I was fucking loving all of this, man. It was just, you know, <laughs> the action movie hyped up, pun totally intended, <laughs> of just blood, <laughs> blood just everywhere. Yeah, and it's like yeah, the, the practical effect, the flag sticking out of Gutter's face. I loved it. I was like, it, it's such a great effect. I was like, a lot of the buzz had to go to that because it was just so convincing <laughs> the way that it was positioned. Um, and Abe is okay. I mean, he, he battled, but he's doing okay. He's going to take a seat at the bar, just kind of take five. Like, you know, I did my part. You got to go out there and see what Walter and Sean are up to while Walter's desperately trying to get the stuff started. You goddamn millennials and your patience. Come on. It's not that easy, you know. Try to do something. It's, it's, it's a fucking diesel. You got to talk to her. Meanwhile, Sean's cutting off people's heads. He's kicking people. He's trying to get everybody off, but he neglects to cover the front. And that's what causes a chainsaw to come through the windshield and mortally wound Walter, which, as, oh. we, saw with, with, as we saw with our friend from earlier, Doug, yeah, those, uh, those are mortal. You're going to bleed out from that. <laughs> you know, there's just no coming back. And Walter knows this. You know, listen, you know, it's over for me. It's the end of the line. You know, we, we fought well, but, you know, it's time for me to go. You know, we got to take this last guy out, you know, lighting his cigarette and just kind of giving him a salute. You know, and telling him to leave so he can get back with, you know, his wife, live a good life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, again, I like this of, you know, he's going to go out, he's going to stare and go with, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, in, in, in a, with a hero's death and just telling, you know, our young soldier, look, you fought your battle, but, you know, go live your life. You know, get the fuck out of here, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you have more to live for than this. Don't yeah, I will save again. Jesus, Fred, I'm always getting your ass out of trouble. You know, this isn't, you know, the last time I'm doing it for you. And meanwhile, Wizard has been captured by Boz, and she's fighting back against him. And Fred, he's basically on his last leg, too, just limping out of the VFW, you know, using his weapon as a cane as he's hobbling out with a shotgun. You know, it looks like he's going to die right standing. Like, he looks exhausted. I don't have anything left in me. I got a shot off on his shoulder. I think that could be enough. It's not going to be enough. Because he's still fucking around Blizzard. And Blizzard's the one that gets the upper hand. He drops the lighter on the bag, attending the heist, setting it on fire. There goes all Bob's money, so he's got to try to mm. desperately put it out. I was like, he's taking a long time to put this bag out. Oh, that's right. He's getting crushed to death. We have to wait for that moment. Before the gun truck comes barreling down with Walter behind the wheel slamming into him, catching both cars on fire, both the gun truck and the car that Bob's yeah. up against. You just see the yeah, dummies slap up against the truck and collapse. Because we gotta because we gotta have that Lost Boys moment of grandpa going, Brother the Tanty, Brother the Tanty It was great and I loved it. It was Walter, you know, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, you coming out and doing the stage and bonds. Um when they got into the bar, like this final moment of like the VFW is completely fucking trash. Like there's no going back from it. You got bodies everywhere. You think Abe sitting at the bar, it's like, oh man, at least we got Abe. You know, he made it. But is he dead or is he not? Well, what do you think? I'm dead. Ah, oh, there he is. There's our. He's no, no, he's dead. And just watching that cigar that... in the back of his finger. Not, that not was Abe. fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I wanted him yeah, to survive. I, have to, say, I, I, I have to say, I agree with that completely, man. I wanted the fucking guy to survive. It really sucks that he fucking died. I was so, like, I was hoping that, you know, like, okay, when they walked in and they thought he was dead, I was, like, resigned <clears> to it. I was like, okay, I guess it is what it is. He died while sitting there, while they were finishing it up. It makes sense with the flow of the movie, all this and that. But then he, then he pipes yeah. up and says something. And I'm like, awesome. The fucking guy's going to live. Because, yes, he was, a very, he was a very entertaining character, you know. But no, no, they just fucking dick-teased you with it, you know. It's like, they, they, I don't know. I almost wish they would have just did one of those fucking surprise endings where Gutter, like, came running in or something. Where somebody, like, just popped <laughs> up out of nowhere and, like, you know, he sacrifices himself for that last, like, yeah. shock ending death, you know. Instead of just fucking dying, sitting there. Like, what a fucking drag, man. Yeah, just to see his hands slump and the cigar pull out of his thing, and then he's really dead after that shot poured. You know, and it's, it's that last moment of, like, you know, you did a good job, soldier, have a beer with me, so he pours all the shot, but he finds that brick of hype. How much do you think this is worth? Uh, probably a lot. Probably fix his bar up. I mean, who are you going to sell it to? But, like, this I feel like, you know, and this is something that bothered me, too, okay? So, yes, I guess in one regard, it's got that, like, cheesy, like, 80s ending type of thing where, you know, all said and done, they find something that's going to help benefit them in some way to rebuild whatever it is that they fucking just destroyed. In this case, yes, drugs. Except it kind of feels like it goes against what these characters have been fucking fighting for the entire time. I don't feel like this yeah. character from what I've seen in this movie is going to pick up a brick of those drugs <laughs> along with the other surviving members and be like, you know what? I'm going to go fucking sling this down the block and try to make fucking a hundred K off of it or something like that. It just doesn't feel right for him specifically in light of the fact that all of his, his brothers in arms have all just died. You know, they've all sacrificed their lives in this defense, you know? But it, yeah. he, that's the only source he has to, to fix his bar, uh, their home, uh, as they described it. Like, uh, for anybody that has gone to war, uh, you, you always have a home. Uh, does it not honor, excuse me, does it not honor the memories of his friends uh, to, to find, you know, to, to use that opportunity uh, to rebuild their home? It dishonors them yeah. by engaging in illegal and illicit activities in the name yeah. of rebuilding it for them. And that's why you have to I mean, granted, you can, you, can, you can claim self-defense, of course, <laughs> but, like, they engaged in plenty of illicit and illegal activities by chopping people to pieces and, and blowing people up and uh. having body parts throughout the fucking room and, and all of that. They and granted, attack. yes, it's self-defense. People yeah. come storming it, it, into my house. Seen... You know, I've got a machete right next to my... Well, I'm not even going to say where mm. it is, you know, but like I yeah. said in the past, you know, yeah. I've got things stashed. All, we've got things stashed all around this place. Mm. If anything was to ever happen, yeah. believe me, there's nowhere that anybody's going to be safe mm. from what we can do to them. This movie could have been fixed, like, as far as at any point, with a really, really easy rewrite of instead of selling everything and getting the fuck out... If they had a bunch of cash and they were buying a bunch to actually buy a huge ass supply, and this entire bag was full of cash instead of drugs, okay, and then at the end the, that bag had been full of cash, all right, and she having to pull out a big ass wad of cash, going, 
you know, hey, Fred, here you go, man. How about you fix up your bar? But the addicts again, aren't going to go goal. running after a bag of cash. The addicts are going to go yeah. running after a bag full of drugs. So you kind of take away the whole catalyst of yeah. yeah. all of those maniacs that uh, are building in the first place. Uh, you then have to make cars uh, a more, you know, a charismatic character willing, you know, with people willing to actually mm-hmm. follow him. See, that's the thing here. Our yeah. villain is really very empty in a lot of ways because he really doesn't do anything. He just tells everybody where the drugs are at, and that's why they all go storming to the freaking to the building. Which is interesting because all of the characters are named with names that have yeah. you know, military meaning. Some of them are like Silver Star recipients. Uh, Walter Reed was like a pathologist or something in the army back in like the, the early 1900s or something like that. Uh, Paris is yeah. actually referenced to the uh, to the Alamos. On the weird side, it's a group that was on the the Mexican side of the Alamo, not the American side. But that yeah, <laughs> is what it is. And I guess they could also think they were naming it after Paris Island, where the Marines go, but it's spelled differently. Oh, possibly. Well, that was uh, Walter's whole toast at the end before the final stand, where he's like, "Here's to the Alamo." And he's like, "Yeah, but at the Alamo, they all died." And Doug mm-hmm. says, "You dumb shit." <laughs> even dying. it's also like we had said, the one thing that we missed was Wu and Walter talking about the money and the drugs he's like what would you do with all that money you know what I would do I would get us all some coffins real nice gold trim Tempur-Pedic pillows after <laughs> life you got some you, weird bunker talk there you really need to work on your foxhole talk boy <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah, you know, we missed the, the aid line too uh, when they were talking about hookers and cocaine. Hookers and cocaine. Hookers and cocaine will always be my favorite answer. So, what are you going to do with all those? <laughs> what are you going to do with all that money? I mean, that's such, such <laughs> honesty out of that man right there. That's so, great. so phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah, so Abe having that line. After the story that Walter told about how back in Vietnam they had the USO show, and uh, yeah, Fred asking Walter, Have you ever seen American Poontang? Do you like American Poontang? And they show the picture of the daughter, and Abe goes, Where's the pussy hair? I like pussy hair. He used to have toothpicks. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even bring up the toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because even Sean was, you know, talking shit, shit to Abe, you know, yeah, you give a hold to my wife, maybe borrow a couple of your toothpicks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe use some of those high-functioning lasers. Pew, pew, pew. Take off that pussy. <laughs> uh, yeah, when he, when he dropped the laser line, that was great, too. He's like, oh, yeah, that's how they do it. Lasers. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a it was fun ride. Just it was bloody when it needed to be, funny when it needed to be. You know, maybe they could have done more with the, the plots of, of the drugs. You know, whether it's dishonor or honor, that was the whole reason why it was the impetus for the drugs in the first place. Because Bob Boz was broke. He needed to make that fifty k by selling off all that hype. So that was the whole reason why by dawn I got to sell this. No, to the wasn't buyer. it a half a mil? It was five hundred, wasn't it? Oh, it was five hundred k. That's right. Yeah, it wasn't fifty k. Some reason I had fifty k in my notes, but it was five hundred k. You're right half a million by dawn, and that's why it was so important, because he doesn't have that money, so that's why he needs those drugs. Otherwise, yeah, fuck it, let it go. I don't need it. Fuck this town anyway. But, yeah, that was the whole thing. So, but anyway, so we did my pick this week. Next week, Monkey, it's your pick. What do you have for us? All right. Uh, we're going way more serious than this. Um, it's just, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just the weather's been really fucking cold. And so I want to pick a really fucking so I want to pick a really fucking cold movie. I want to pick a winter movie right now for all the shit as winter is getting ready to go on. So we're going to go back to I believe 1981 and we're going to sit there and do Peter Straub's Ghost Story. Nice. Okay. Been a while since I saw that, but that's an interesting one. There's a lot of old Hollywood actors in that one. Um, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fred Astaire and a bunch of others, but yeah, this is just, um, from what I understand, just a, a Peter Straub collaboration kind of story of just a bunch of short stories built together. But I have a link for everyone, so no one has to pay, no one has to pay for anything. <laughs> this week's episode. Yeah, no, it's a it's an interesting one. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to think about Ghost Story because I haven't revisited it in a while. But uh, yeah, it's a bit of a downer movie. But Craig Lawson from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three is in it. So that's good, right? <laughs> good old Craig. No, nothing. Okay. Anyway, so that's our <laughs> trying to defend that guy. But all right. Uh, so thank you, Monkey, for your pick. Dean, thank you so much for joining us for VFW. We'll see you back here next week for Ghost Story. Who is, for Ghost Story, who is the director of Ghost Story? I don't know who the was, director was. I was saying Peter Straub because it's based off of his novel. Okay. Uh, 1981? About, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So it's a 1981 Ghost Story. Got it. Peter Straub has done a couple of uh, books with Stephen King. That uh, that I've under, yeah, yeah. that I have really enjoyed the Talisman, but more specifically Black House, uh, which is kind of yeah. like a sequel to the Talisman. I really really loved Black House, man. That shit was the fucking bomb. <laughs> yeah, I remember you gave me that cop. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ghost Story was directed by John Irvine. I want to say, and I know he did a bunch of war movies like Hamburger Hill and uh, Dogs of War, shit like that, back in the 60s and 70s. So I could be wrong. Hamburger the Motion wrong hamburger (laughs) that's who I think the director is I could be wrong you guys can correct me once you find it but I believe it's John Irvine but anyway so yeah we'll see you back here next week Dean Uh, Monkey why don't you go ahead and sign yourself up thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and let me come in your ear get hyped that's how we do it on this show All right. hyped hyped Ghoul, why don't you hit us with a plug as we close out tonight's episode? Well, again, with uh, Valentine's Day right around the corner, go to your computer, ignore all the other fake shit that you're seeing out there, you know, take a break from the politics and all the other bullshit, go to Etsy and put in the search bar, one word, Bonfire Bee Designs. There you're going to find all kinds of gemstone jewelry, all kinds of pendants, necklaces, all kinds of crazy shit. You know, the, the ghoul girl is always working on this stuff, much to my chagrin because it ends up everywhere. There's bits and pieces of metal that end up getting stuck in my fucking foot. And you know what? Listen, buy more of it, please, because the more it gets bought, the less it sits on my shelves and my drawers and all my stuff and maybe eventually we'll make enough money to where she can actually get her own little workspace and I won't be getting wounded anymore. So please, for the <laughs> love of the ghoul, for the love of the ghoul, go to Etsy Go buy more of her stuff, please. Aside from that, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. <laughs> okay. Hell of a plug. 
but yeah, so yeah, like the ghoul just said, just ignore everything that you're fucking. We got a new president coming in next week. Hopefully, that'll put the damper Woo-hoo! on everything that's been. Let's get the positive going. We're in 2021, 2020, hell of a fucking year. This year, let's make it more positive. Let's watch more movies. Let's read more books. Let's just be fucking kinder to your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers. You know, we're all going through something, whether it's something that you know personally or something business-wise. Who knows what somebody's going through? But just understand that somebody's going through something at any time. And I think that's just what we need to do. Be more understanding in 2021. Be more accepting. So with that being said, hail yourselves, hail Satan, hail Odorous. And as always, keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Until next time, we'll be covering Ghost Story. We'll see you next week. Oh, my.